today's episode is coming out on time. I would even say early. Usually, I try to get them out by Tuesday, Wednesday. Today is coming out on a Monday. Why? Because I'm focused. Your boy's got the whiteboard, got the goals written down. I'm organized. Just want to start off by saying shout out to Underground Comedy uh, and the Don Sean Joyce, man, for letting me close out Saturday's shows at Big Hunt. That joint was dope. My first time headlining Big Hunt. That shit was crazy, man. It was a good feeling getting to do a long set. And uh, shout out to everyone I met at the show, man. Made some new friends. And uh, I'm ready, man. I'm ready for my headlining weekend. This is it. This is the big one. So everyone listening, let the streets know. Four shows this weekend. Two on Friday, two on Saturday. Eight o'clock, ten o'clock. Friday shows about to be sold out. Uh, we are down to our last 15 tickets for 10 o'clock, and I think 8 o'clock has like 25 tickets. So by the time this comes out, we'll be almost sold out. Saturday shows got some good t- good amount of tickets left, but um, from what I understand, there's a lot of birthday party people coming through. So we should be probably by Wednesday, Thursday, close to selling out those shows. So this will be the record. Four shows, you know, uh... If I can if I can sell out all four shows, that shit would be amazing. That would be a huge accomplishment for me, along with getting a chance to headline again. Um so much so that I I feel like I needed to do something special, so I decided to uh bring out the ice cream truck to Friday and Saturday shows and uh, give out ice cream to everyone who purchases tickets. So if you got your tickets, man, look out for me in the ice cream truck after the show. I'll announce it. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. I just wanted to take pictures with everyone and just pull up in the truck and just have a good time. Things have been going good. Uh, today's episode is a good one. I didn't. I woke up today like not expecting to have this guest, but I was just like, you know what? I've been doing a lot of new material on stage, and I think uh, I think uh, – Having my father as a guest today will be a good touch because you guys can kind of hear it firsthand where all the stories are coming from, you know, whether it's the ice cream truck stuff or the drug dealing stuff, hear it from the source, you know, hear it from the guy who, you know, started the ice cream truck business and the guy who had to bail me out of uh, certain situations when I got caught up in drug dealing. So you can kind of get his take on it. And uh, know a little bit what, about how everything kind of popped off with uh, the Amini clan coming to America from Iran. It was dope, man. I actually like not learned some shit, but I heard some stuff that I never heard before in the in my in the stories of my dad. I didn't realize how much money he had when he came to this country. The dude was oh my god. Well, l- let's just get into it, man. Hope you guys enjoy this episode. Uh, and go to the OverachieversDC.com for tickets to my upcoming shows. Enjoy. Peace. Uh, I usually I usually interview comedians for this uh, podcast. Do you know what a podcast is? No. It's it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like a radio show, but it's it's more long form. It's like uh, people have longer conversations. Mm-hmm. It's like an hour or something like that. Yeah, it's like casting a pod. Casting a pod. Yeah, podcast. Like podcast. <laughs> was you put that? the cast in the pot okay uh-huh okay that's a <laughs> well thank you uh thank you for doing this i wanted to interview you for for a long time before especially before you go to iran uh when do you leave for iran next week are you excited about your trip no why i don't want to go why i don't like it there then why do you go i have to why do you have to my wife is there so I have to go, you know, <laughs> be with her. Yeah. If she was here, we wouldn't go back. Yeah. At all. Is it uh is it tiring to keep going back and back and oh, forth? Oh, very frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad uh, I'm glad I got to uh, get to have you because um, I feel like I've been doing this podcast for I think eight months, nine months. And since I've started, people, you know, people have been listening. And a lot of people at this point 
got to know who I am through comedy. They see me on stage. They perform. They see me perform. And uh, if anyone's seen me perform, they've heard stories about you. Okay. So indirectly, <laughs> people know you a little bit about your about your life. Yeah, I'm joking your life. No, not like a joke. It's, you're a character. I'm a character joke in your life. I mean, you're my, you know, you're my dad, so it makes it makes sense that you're okay. in a lot of my stories. But not all comedians talk about their dads, but you are uh, you're a unique person. I'm not just saying that because you're my dad. I just think you know, just by me being 31 and just dealing with adults all the time, you are still one of the most unique people <laughs> I've ever met. <laughs> I agree with you. Uh, <laughs> and you agree. <laughs> of course. Um, let's start from the... It doesn't mean it can be good or bad. Yeah, it's not you know, It's not it's a good or bad uh, thing. It's just the... I'm different than everybody most, else. Most people. Because I haven't grown up. I'm a still a kid, you know. And uh, I do childish things. <laughs> <laughs> like barking at other people. Yeah. Once in a while. Yeah. And, uh, you but know. I, you know, just by watching, I, I feel like you've calmed down a lot since uh since i remember from a young age mm. you know how old are you now mm. well 63 63 yeah <laughs> do you think that's natural at 63 you just kind of calm down naturally 63 usually ready to die you know <laughs> <laughs> especially f- people from iran yeah uh like lots of my friends already passed yeah you know by cancer, by MS, uh, I was in a bunch of funerals, and uh, the age of people in Iran, mm-hmm. the average age is 40. Wow. Believe it or not, my friend had a heart attack at the age of 45, I died in his house. Uh, he was my classmate, you know. Anyways, yeah. as I say, people <laughs> my age... <laughs> That's a very <laughs> happy start to this episode. Yeah, ready. <laughs> well, but, let's... Uh, let's Because I think at this point, a lot of people know what you do for a living. So let's start from the beginning. Uh, what do you, what year did you come to this country uh, from 19, Iran? 1979. And what happened in 1979 that made you want to come to Iran? Well, I mean, to America. I wanted to come here since I was five years old mm-hmm. since I was watching uh, Wild Wild West and Cimarron and other movies American mm-hmm. movies uh, I always wanted to come here I had a visa but uh, I had a good time yeah uh, I keep you know postponing it yeah, postponing yeah. it until one day my sister called and said get your but over here right now, I want to send you uh, out tomorrow. I said, no, I'm not ready. I want to throw a good boy party. And she screamed at me. I said, you <laughs> idiot. <laughs> if you don't leave tomorrow morning, you're going to be here forever. Wow. So it was 6 o'clock in the afternoon. I was in Tehran in four hours later. And 12 o'clock, I got there. Five o'clock in the morning, I was sitting in a plane. Wow! Coming here, so just so, like that, you you always knew you were gonna come, but you didn't know it was gonna happen like that. Yeah, two hours later, they closed the airport. Jesus. They wouldn't let anybody out. My mom had a visa with me. Okay, her so visa was canceled. I, I know what you're talking about, but people listening, they don't know what's happening. Can you explain what's going on? Yeah, at, the at revolution has started, and uh, the regime was changed. They threw out the king. Yeah, and. Uh, whole thing was just destroyed everything that we yeah. used to it yeah and uh, people just were killing each other this was mostly people of you know just so can you describe in a revolution you know people listening i, I don't think they uh anyone most people don't know it don't yeah. experience what a revolution they heard about it in yeah. books they read about it. we had a revolution in america 400 whatever years ago but in and you're you you're how old are you when this revolution happened uh i was 22 22 years old yeah so people were burning the banks and the you know uh, government uh, offices for uh, the most part it was working class people uh 
pissed off. It was basically like a disease, I could say. You know, some kind of uh, uh, you know epidemic thing that everybody got everybody. Yeah, it's like zombies that one bite the other and everybody become a zombie. Yeah, exactly like this. Uh, uh, rich or poor, everybody was going to the street mm. saying. Who do they tar- who are they targeting? Like killing? Uh, who are they trying to kill? Uh, well, it was uh, Shaw. The target was getting rid of the Shaw, the king, and uh, then uh, you know the people, government people close to the yeah, Shah. and uh, was, people from Savak, which is Secret Service of Iran, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, high-ranking uh, officers in the army. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And basically rich people. Were you one of the, was your family one of the targets? No, no. My father was uh, very popular among both sides, mm-hmm. uh, rich and poor. Mm-hmm. He was helping everybody. So they respected them uh, and the last regime and the new regime mm-hmm. always uh, make a ceremony for him when he turn 100 year old or 120 always make a nice uh like an anniversary anniversary for his for his his, Mm -hmm. uh, first passing yeah always invite everybody all the high-ranking people and make a big ceremony for him no it was we were okay yeah Uh, so you know among people he was very popular anyways uh so you came I came and uh, very dramatic leaving. <laughs> yeah, uh, until I was forty years old, I always thought I would go back. Yeah, but little by little, I realized that the more I stay here, mm-hmm. the chance of going back is very slim. So it's funny you say until you were forty, but but when you were forty, you had three kids, and I was already like ten. Years, yeah, years and I always thought <laughs> when you guys grow up, go to university, yeah. or you know, become where you are right now, I would be living there. Sure, but uh, I still up to up to you know uh, three four years ago, I thought for my retirement, I would go there and mm-hmm. live there because it's a lot cheaper. And easier to live. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but uh, the things keep getting worse and worse situations. So, uh, so I think I'm gonna stay. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you came. You got here in 1979, and you're what going to college? Yeah, I went to college, but I was playing tennis and ping pong and volleyball and uh-huh. swim and Pretty you know, playing a sport. Laid back basically. life. Yeah. Not really taking school seriously. Mm-hmm. Driving a convertible. Did you just have money? Like just yeah, how, yeah. How did how did you just have money? Yeah, I yeah, compared with other students, I was very rich guy. Yeah. So your family was just sending you money. Yeah. So <laughs> it's uh, I was enjoying my life until I ran out of money and they couldn't send me any more money. Uh, what, the, what happened? The, the government wouldn't let anybody. Uh, get the money out of country mm. so i had to start to work for the first <laughs> time in my life <laughs> when i was 28 years old <laughs> before that if somebody would ask me uh what do you do for living or uh where you work i would get offended and said i don't need to work yeah you know That's uh, so my, funny. my parents would send me money <laughs> Uh, now I realize how stupid it sounds right now. You know, when I tell, especially an American person, yeah. that my mom sent me money at the age of 28. Yeah, but that's all you, if that's how you grew up, right? Yeah. You, you, don't, you don't know anything else. You're, you've been taking care of your whole, uh, you grew up yeah, uh, getting exactly. money. Exactly. My brother was uh, 40 years old with wife and two kids, and still my father would send him money and he wouldn't work. Yeah. So uh, that's the culture things. Rich people would take care of their kids yeah. until they die. Yeah. You know, uh, and then they leave them chunk of money, and they still, you know, I have a friend two years older than me. Yeah. Uh, in his life, he never worked. Wow. Uh, his father. 
you know, paid, bought him a house, paid monthly, you know, like <laughs> allowance. <laughs> At age of 52, he was getting allowance from a 102-year-old man who was sick in the bed. I can't even imagine that lifestyle. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways. So, uh, you're 28. They cut off your money. Now you have to work for the first time in your life. Yeah. Uh, I got a couple of, you know, uh, jobs here and there. But, uh, you know, my first serious job as a needy job was in the gas station for like $3 an hour. Yeah. So you didn't have any savings? You just, all the money they were sending you? How much were they sending you a week? Back uh, in, it was uh, in the 80s. You know, I came with $50,000, which was like half a million dollar up now. Jesus. Um, yeah, you could have bought a house, <laughs> which is a million dollar now, or $2 million. I could have bought a house in 1980 for $75,000. Yeah. Two acre of land in Alexandria. Yeah. That house should be four or $5 million by now. Yeah. Just the land itself. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I could have bought it for seven. So $50,000. Just to start off you with. Know, just to like. Uh, I brought it with me and I blew it in nine months. Wow. I bought a BMW and traveled to Florida, Niagara Falls, and California by mm-hmm. car, mm-hmm. driving all of this in nine months. That makes it, it, That's what makes you so funny to me. Yeah. Because it's, you're, it's just you're, you're like <laughs> you know. an average person with $50,000. Like. In, in 1980, that's half a million dollars, almost, basically, I think, right? 50000 after the inflation, it's like... 50, the government employee, I remember my uh, brother was talking about this guy's wife, mm-hmm. said he makes, she makes lots of money. Mm-hmm. She was, he was telling me she makes $12,000 a year. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. And twelve thousand dollar is hundred twenty thousand dollar of now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so fifty thousand dollar, as I said, I could have bought a four yeah. million dollar house so, in cash. Yeah. So you spent all the money. <laughs> <laughs> I bought like, uh, I remember I had thirty suits. <laughs> okay. Uh, BMW. Okay, like uh, 50 and you always give me a hard time about buying shoes. Fifty. You're like, if you buy another pair of shoes, you're in trouble. I'm like, Dad, well, you had thirty you, suits. You see, uh, <laughs> the money of well, you gotta learn from your mistakes. That's right. Okay. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. <laughs> if I would have bought a house, yeah. Okay, uh, at that time with that money, you would have been driving a Lamborghini instead of a. Rava. Yeah. So, four, yeah. Uh, or I would have been yeah. driving a Lamborghini so you, instead you, of a you, dog. So you spend your $50,000 in nine months. Now you're broke. Yeah. You're they broke? Were, Are you and broke? Yeah. No, no, no. They were sending me like $3,000 a month. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I remember the richest guy in college. Yeah. Okay. That was saying. What college? This, uh, Montgomery College? Montgomery College. The richest guy that was saying that... Uh, they send them a thousand dollar a month, mm-hmm. okay? And thousand dollar a month. Uh, our professor was getting thousand dollar a month salary, okay? And uh, I remember I had this uh, girlfriend, and she was very excited. Said, uh, "My mom sent me a check. I want to treat you. I want because uh, everywhere I go, mm-hmm. uh, not that I." You know, buy for my girlfriend, uh, buy for everybody else too. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't let anybody pay when we go on a table, uh, you know, dinner or anything. Uh, So she was very excited to say, I got a check. My mom sent me a check. And I want to take you to dinner tonight. Mm -hmm. I want to treat you for change. And she, she, I said, I just smiled and said, No, seriously, here's the check that I looked at the check. It was $35. So I said, yeah, well, today my mom sent me a check too. (laughs) And show her the check. It was (laughs) $12,000. So she screamed and threw the check on the floor. Oh, my God. This guy is a Rockefeller. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, the Rockefeller was the richest man at that time. (laughs) So... 
Well, that's incredible. I mean, yeah, twelve thousand is is, is a in one check. Yeah, that's and this uh, is the eighties, man. Uh, a brand new BMW was eight thousand dollar. BMW. A brand new Toyota was three thousand dollar. Okay. So let's get into how how you <coughs> you had it. And then you lost it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't lose it. I spent it. And I, yeah, well, you yeah. Know, I enjoyed it. <laughs> nobody. That's a, good, that's, in, a good, that's a good way of saying it. Nobody ever. I don't think anybody traveled United States mm-hmm. in eight months. Yeah. Going from Pittsburgh to Niagara Falls and coming back from the state of uh, New York. Mm-hmm. Make a circle. Then go from Route 1 all the way to Key West <laughs> and coming back all the way, every city in uh, oh Florida and come back. And then drove from here all the way to California, Los Angeles, San Francisco, uh, Las Vegas, Arizona, Texas, and come back. That was that trip itself was eleven thousand miles. Wow. Okay. And fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> and uh, you know, uh, those days when you take a hundred dollar bill out of your pocket, uh, it was just everybody like they got electrical shock. Yeah. Okay. They would not see a hundred dollar bill. Uh, so I always had like $2,000, $100 bill mm-hmm. just to show off in my pocket. Not that I need it, <laughs> but just every time I want to buy a coffee, yeah. I would take all the $100 bills out of my pocket. Oh, my okay? God. And, you know, I was known as a guy that uh, wears a new suit every day mm-hmm. and uh, drives a BMW and always have like $2,000 in his pocket. That's so funny. <laughs> For those days, you know, $2,000 was like 10 months of allowance that uh, this student would get like $200 a month. Okay. Uh, the rent was like $50 a month. Uh, I remember I shared the mm-hmm. apartment with my friend. Yeah. My rent was... <laughs> Fifty dollars a month. So you're. Let's, we've covered how uh, wealthy you are at this young age. Uh, let's get into what happened. Well, I spent it all. When I realized that I don't have any more money, I said, "Okay, <laughs> I gotta go to work." How old are you? Twenty-eight. You said twenty-eight. Jesus. Yeah, so I went to work up until twenty-eight. You've had money now. First time. I'm working in a gas station. I oh remember my. with your suit. Yeah, uh, <laughs> exactly. With my trippy suit and. Uh, I remember that one girl came to the gas station. I th- she thought I owned the gas station yeah. because of my suit uh, and my car that I was driving. Uh, what I wanted to say, uh, it was so funny. I remember I used to drink a coffee for mm-hmm. 50 cents in Georgetown. Yeah. The coffee in a r- very expensive restaurant was 50 cents. Yeah. Okay. Oh, sorry, a dollar. A dollar coffee that everywhere else was like 25 cents, 30 cents. Uh, I would give that waitress $3 tip mm. for a 50 cents coffee. Then, now I have to work for $3 an hour, meaning that putting gas in the tank of the cars, washing the windshields, yeah. uh, checking the tires. <laughs> it's really ironic when you think of it. It's very no, it's you know, hilarious. Yeah, that up to yesterday you were drinking a 50 cents coffee and give $3 tip. Mm-hmm. Now you have to work an hour to get that $3 that you would spend it so carelessly. It's almost like the universe was trying to teach you a lesson. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> I was different than everybody else. The first day I worked in the gas station, I was planning to buy the gas station. Yeah. Even though it never happened, mm-hmm. but I was very ambitious to become a millionaire. Yeah. So even though I was very lazy and I would <laughs> spend carelessly, yeah. you know, and if I wasn't like that, I would not spend carelessly. I would have been a yeah. zillionaire by now. But uh, anyways, no regret. Yeah. Uh, so a year later uh, that I worked in the gas station and... I could have quit any time. I didn't need that job, but uh, 
I wanted to prove myself that I can work. Yeah. Okay. Even though they would bothering me over there and embarrassing me. Yeah. Sometime. Still, I waited for six months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then I got control of everything. The manager, the owner, everybody had to respect me. But wow. They were scared of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was very mean. So uh, <laughs> then uh, a fluke thing. Uh, we were sitting in the college, and this guy said, I have an ice cream truck for sale. And one of my close friends said, uh, I don't have money to buy it. Would you rent it to me? I said, no. Uh, I need the money I want to sell. I don't want to rent. Mm-hmm. So I told the guy that I didn't know him that much. I said, how about if I buy it? Would you rent it from me? I said, of course. I said, okay, bring the title. Just like that. Mm-hmm. I bought the ice cream truck <laughs> and gave it to this guy. Just one and day, you just the guy just showed up at the gas station, or you just no no we were sitting in a college table. Oh okay. Uh, still, I was in college, college, even though I wouldn't go to class, but still I just loved the out. college. Yeah. So we were, you know, I got my first uh, ice cream truck. Ice cream truck. How old this were you? Guy, I was like twenty nine now. Twenty nine. And he worked. And that was payments. Uh, I paid $2,000 cash mm-hmm. and $3,000 payment. He paid all the payments by the end of the season. Wow. It worked like three months. Mm-hmm. And every day he would bring me a little bit of money, like 20, 15, 20 bucks, mm-hmm. and had a paper that wrote, you know, uh, oil, gas, the money that he spent on the truck that I had to pay. I never read his list, and I never counted his money. Yeah. By the end of the season, 1983, I had a full-paid ice cream truck. Wow. And in 1984, when the season started, one of my other friends wanted to uh, sell his truck. I said, okay, I do the same thing. Yeah. I bought it, and another friend said he wants to rent it. So I bought the truck without any money, of course. I told him that I pay you later. And this guy liked me so much that we're still friends after 40 years. <coughs> he gave it to me, and the other guy didn't show up. I said, no, I don't want to do it. I can't do it. You know, now I'm stuck with the ice cream truck. So I <laughs> start to work. First day I went, ring the bell, and some... Two guys were standing there, turn around and smiled. I got so embarrassed. <laughs> I went back, parked the truck, didn't go there for two months. Oh my God. So after two months, I said, No, it's not fair. This guy wants his money. I better go and. Uh, yeah, and this is how, so you're 29? Yeah. And then also, at this point, you have your first kid, right? Yeah. And then yeah. And you're broke, right? Mm-hmm. So you got a kid, you're broke. <laughs> You got a I, I didn't feel I was broke, but uh, you needed money. Basically, <laughs> I was, well, but I didn't. I didn't want to believe it because in my head, I was always a rich guy. Yeah, your so, whole life you, you know, money. spoiled. But you lost it all. Yeah, but Going to still, Pittsburgh and Texas I and always thought we had lots of money back home. Yeah. Okay. So I didn't feel I'm broke, but practically I was broke here. Yeah, you were living so, in an apartment, right? So after two months, I went and, uh, you know, I started to work. Mm-hmm. And it was in Chevy Chase. All the beautiful kids that came out. Mm-hmm. I, was, I remember it was a beautiful day. Yeah. And I sold $200 that day. Wow. So it was $100 profit for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. I said, wow. Five hours I worked. I made twenty dollars an hour in nineteen eighty three. Okay, so compared with three dollars an hour, that was lots of money. And few weeks later, I was passing by uh, Wisconsin Avenue, and uh, somebody flagged me down, and I stopped, bought some uh, soda, Mm -hmm. and I saw some other people came and bought some ice cream, Mm -hmm. and another. 
I looked at it. It was an Indiana Jones movie. Wow. Okay. And it had a mile long line. So my job from then was just go front of the movie theater and yeah. stay there. I saw like three, four hundred dollars every day and my profit was doubled. Wow. I was so proud of myself. I was bragging about it and everything. <laughs> Your first <laughs> anyway, job. <laughs> so by the end of 84, I bought another truck. Mm -hmm. So in two years, I had three trucks. And in 85, I bought this guy's truck, which was a very old and beat up truck. I bought it anyway for the area mm -hmm. of Potomac. So I made the money. I bought it for $3,000 and made it in the first week because I was selling five, $600. So how many trucks do you have now? In 85, I had six trucks. Uh -huh. By the end of 85, yeah, I had six trucks. So, so I started you're, working you're, then. You're, and then you're, so you're in your 30s. You started making more money in your 30s? Yeah. Yeah. 30, 31. And, uh, and the rest is history. Yeah. You're Fred the Ice Cream Man <laughs> from Potomac, Maryland. I wasn't Fred until 1987. What have, how, who, cho who chose your name, Fred? My uh, brother bought a food truck uh -huh. that I invested on him. Yeah. And uh, by basically, I lent him the money, and he was supposed to pay me back, but he never did. Yeah. So uh, he yeah. was ripped off by the guy that sold him the truck. So mm -hmm. we went on a food truck myself I, and worked for two years very hard, like 22 hours a day in one day mm -hmm. and the next day 16 hours so wow. average of 20 hours a day yeah i was working and because it was a lower class neighborhood yeah uh i couldn't go by my own name for mm -hmm. so uh just said let's choose a name yeah and the guy who we bought the truck he was his name was frank yeah i wanted to choose frank mm -hmm. But uh, since he was Frank, I said, okay, what the hell? Let's choose Fred yeah. for this guy. Was, and you, it stuck with me. Was it? Were you influenced by uh, Fred Flintstone? <laughs> no. Uh, everybody on those days, uh, Fred was a popular name. Yeah. And anybody. I mean, what's your name and uh, what's, your, what's your first name? Uh, anybody's name started with... Uh, F, yeah. like Foruz, yeah. Faribors, Faridon, well, yeah. all, Farhad, all of these guys that I know, mm -hmm. they chose Fred's name. Yeah. Anybody else? Well, your name's, Fred, for, yeah. your name's Foruz, yeah. so Fred is, the I think, the yeah. closest thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, well, that was, that was that's an, I really, uh, that's a great story. I never heard the story in the full length like that. That's a really nice, <laughs> it's, uh, it's ma it made you who you are in a way, where, how everything happened. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? You start <laughs> off rich, then you lose, and then you work your way up, and then fast forward. This mm -hmm. is your lifestyle. Yeah. But uh, I always wanted to travel the world. Yeah. I remember when I was a kid, they would ask uh, in the school uh, for the writing that, what do you want to be when you grow up? Mm -hmm. In Iran, it was either a doctor means medical doctor mm -hmm. not a philosopher doctor or yeah, PhD yeah, yeah, yeah. a doctor or engineer mm -hmm. okay and majority of the kids they wanted to become a doctor yeah I wanted to become a truck driver yeah <laughs> and <laughs> well life <laughs> well, what did your dad do uh, my dad was a writer mm -hmm. Uh, publisher and he did a lot lots of different things he was a politician yeah. a writer publisher what was his uh, biggest accomplishment uh, everything I think having me was <laughs> no he was always you know uh, disappointed with me because I wouldn't study and he wanted me to become a doctor he wants all his kids yeah. to become a he doctor his, his he was a best yeah, uh, education. No, education was mm. very important to him. So <laughs> I was uh, disappointed. 
disappointment. Yeah. You, you were an underachiever. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it's funny that uh, my older brother always was top student, straight A student. Yeah. And he always told me that, uh, was telling me that, why don't you be like your brother? It's funny thing that we grow up now. He always come and borrow money from me. <laughs> well, that's how it works out, man. You never know how things play out in the future because the universe works in, in mysterious ways. So you got the ice cream truck. We covered that. Uh, how does it feel now after all these years? You got a, a son who talks about you driving an ice cream truck and it's on television. Does that make, you know, my first joke on television was, about the ice cream truck <laughs> and in particular you fighting with ice cream men because a lot of people when i tell that story hey they the don't think th it's a joke they think it's a joke yeah and that's why i wanted to talk to you about it and you can maybe give people more explanation because i never had to fight you know uh i never had to get in fights over my work in my life so this is a very i don't think a lot of people most people work in offices they work in, a, you know, a safe environment. You know, they yeah, might think I, about punching someone in the face, but they never <laughs> do punch someone in the face. <laughs> you know, after it all these years. You yeah, know. it happened often in our job. It's funny that uh, one time I was interviewed by uh, Washington Post reporter. Mm -hmm. That was my second article in Washington Post. And they were talking about the other side of the ice cream man's job mm -hmm. uh they always interview how nice and how good it is uh this lady wants to see the negative part mm -hmm. and said when i told the story and she said i could not believe it and when the article came out one african guy came to me and said man th i thank you because everybody comes to my trikes to say, oh man, we didn't know your job is so hard and they, everybody <laughs> tips me now. <laughs> because in the Washington Post, they wrote it and yeah, now everyone and read everybody it. everybody read it. Back and then, uh, especially said, wow, Washington Post. Wow, this uh, job is not as nice. smiling and yeah. nice and... Uh, it's like the comedy uh, business. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, lovey-dovey things. Uh, you know, everybody thinks, oh, you work with children and they don't see the side that... You know, some nasty people comes getting your case to not to park front of my car or my house. Or, yeah, uh, your music is too loud and this and that. <clears throat> can you share? Can you share a story with uh, with everyone? The the craziest fight you've got into? <laughs> if you know, uh, I got this guy. Uh, he wanted to said. I'm out of job, I need a job, and uh, would you help me to get to ice cream business? Mm -hmm. So I got him in, I gave him a truck, then I got the truck from him because it was stealing from me. And I helped him to get an ice cream truck. Yeah. So he was coming all over my area, wow. and every time there was excuse. Well, I came here to go to the bathroom, I came here to see this person I came here one day I just got tired of him and as soon as he opened his mouth I punched him in the mouth <laughs> right front of everybody wow I got felt really bad because I just lost it yeah I mean and, you helped him get into it and yeah now he's and, stealing uh, he after was, stealing from you, know, you he was a greedy bastard yeah <laughs> So after so, you punched him in the face, did he ever no. come back? Uh, no. <laughs> he said he's going to come back. He's going to do this. I said, I see you. Then yeah. we're going to get serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this guy was huge, mm -hmm. the big guy. Yeah. You know, twice bigger than me, I could say. You've seen him. Yeah. So <laughs> no, he didn't come back. But uh, Things like that happened a lot? Uh, not a lot, but yeah, basically over the some, years, uh, yeah, once or two, lots know, of people came, uh, try to, try to come <laughs> to the area. I remember, uh, one time this guy came and, uh, uh, my daughter, Natalie, mm -hmm. uh, 
said, yeah, there's an ice cream truck in our I said, okay, follow him. See where he goes. So I just got home. You told okay. your daughter to follow this guy. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> you know, I was, uh, I gave myself a day off. Yeah. Okay. And she went to work in my place and mm-hmm. she called and I just got home. I said, okay, uh, follow him. So he follow everywhere he goes. She's driving an ice cream yeah, truck. Yeah, and so I just jumped behind the truck and went fast. And she was telling me over the phone that where he goes, where yeah, you know. The, finally, uh, she, he stopped. He stops, and uh, I can't. Uh, she was on the speakerphone. Yeah, I could hear both of them, and he was saying. Uh, are you following me? And she said, yes. I said, <laughs> tell Fred I'm going to run him out of business. And uh, my daughter said, uh, Dad, do you hear this? <laughs> and I'm right there behind them. Yeah. I said, yeah, I heard that. And I walked out of the car going toward the guy. And as soon as he saw me going toward him, I said, why don't you tell me where you work that I don't go there? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed. I thought it was another guy that I had talked with him before. Mm-hmm. I said, look, this is the first time I see you here. And hopefully it would be the last time. Mm-hmm. So you come to my area, then the gloves are off. Yeah. You know, so respect me. I respect you. Yeah. This is my territory. Please don't come. And if you're somewhere that is your territory and I show up by mistake, I would respect you. I would not go there. Yeah. <laughs> but it was so funny that he was so tough with yeah, my ne- daughter yeah. and said, Tell him that I'm going to run you out of business. <laughs> and as soon as I walked out, <laughs> go toward him. Yeah. Tell me where you work that well, I don't go. Well, what happens <clears throat> is, isn't it like a lot of these guys, you know, they're they're mostly African guys, right? Yeah. And they all and they all they all know each like No, this fight. A lot guy of these was, guys uh, have known you. They yeah. know your name because mm-hmm. you've been doing it for 20, 30 years. They know you fought that guy, you fought that guy. Yeah. So they know your reputation. Yeah. So when you walk up to them, they're like, I don't want to be <laughs> another uh, Fred story. <laughs> Um, that's, that's, uh, can you talk about Mo, the guy yeah, Mo? Mo was a nice guy. You know, cause some people know, so if people listening, they, they, you know, they know I have a story. I tell a story about Mo, but Mo is a character that, uh, you know, I took him from the, he's a story from the nineties, but I use him in my 2018 story as a guy. He's just a, Mo yeah, is a was, funny name. He but, was a... Egyptian guy yeah. named Muhammad that, that called him Mo himself Mo. Mm-hmm. He had the uh, ice cream beat up ice cream truck with a hot dog thing. Yeah, uh, we always uh, go and get a hot dog from yeah. him, and he was we were friend. He honestly thought he could run me out of business. Yeah, okay, and he took lots of my business also. But uh, you know, one thing I am, I'm very stubborn. Mm-hmm. I don't lose to anybody. Mm-hmm. And uh, at that time, I got three trucks uh, working on that area. But I wouldn't bother them because I had lots of business. Yeah. So when uh, we step on each other's toe, that they step actually on my toe, yeah. uh, I went after him. Yeah. And uh, he came, tried to come strong. I said, look, if you want to fight, let's fight. But if you want to complain, don't complain. Respect me, I respect you. Mm-hmm. So when he saw I'm serious, he become we become a friend. And since few years later that I put all my effort to compete with him, mm-hmm. he couldn't keep it up anymore. So yeah. he sold it. He wanted to sell the truck. I bought his truck. For six thousand dollar and I threw it away because yeah. the truck was a piece of junk. I just didn't want anybody else buy the truck yeah. and come to get his place. Yeah. So it's more worth it for me to buy it and throw it away. Yeah. Uh, you know, then uh, let's yeah want to compete. But he was one of the bigger competitions yeah. throughout the years. Yeah. Mo well, was 
<laughs> I just remember Mo when I was a kid because it was just a lot of fight. Like a lot. Of, it wasn't a happy time in the house. It was just uh, Mo this, Mo that. You know, it was just a lot. No, of, it wasn't just Mo, but uh, the job was very hard. Was I was tough. working like 12 to 14 hours a day, seven yeah. days a week uh, in this heat, like 40 degree, you know, 100 degree weather. Uh, you're working. Yeah. And uh, nothing goes, you know, uh, seven days a week job mm -hmm. in that kind of weather. It's just yeah. I think that difficult. was I think that was just my memories from a kid is uh, I was maybe getting older. I was maybe 10 or 11. But I remember just being in the truck because I used, you used to take me to work with you. And I was yeah. sitting on the cooler and we'd spend time together. Then Mo would show up and that's when your face would get red yeah. and, got, and you would just get. You know, you would stare at your baseball bat, and it was just like, uh, <laughs> you know, just like a lot. You know, I don't forget those. No, those days were very. Yeah. It's still in my brain. Yeah, and you know, I'm older now, but I, you know, out of all my years, I, you know, I've been in some crazy situations. We'll talk about it later, but uh, you know, those were some early. You know, when you're a kid, you see these things. You're like, man, this is a. Uh, this is intense, <laughs> yeah, but you know Mo was a nice guy. But Mo was a nice Mo, guy. Yeah, Mo, he was a nice guy. Well, yeah, Mo but was I think nice that's guy. why I chose his name for my joke because I remember <laughs> his name from yeah. you know those years. Uh, so you know that's this is just for people to know that uh, you know your background, my background. Because when people see me, I mean, I told you the story. Now I'm doing shows in bigger theaters in DC, like at the DC Improv downtown. I get off stage and people are like. I've known your dad for 20 years. I've been buying ice cream in Potomac. We know Mo also. We this is we, we were laughing. It's everything you're saying is true and I'm like, "Yeah. This is all <laughs> true stuff." But the the funny part is they always say how much they love you uh, cuz you've been doing it for over 30 years. You the people you used to sell ice cream to in the 80s and 90s have gr become adults and now they have little kids and the little kids buy ice cream from you to the point where like generations grew up buying ice cream for you. In this neighborhood in Potomac, this whole Potomac area. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, this guy, uh, I remember I go to this uh, African-American neighborhood, and my music was uh, always loud, and I think it scared his kid and came to me and said, uh, you're not allowed to be here. Mm -hmm. and I said, sir, I've been coming here for a long time, and uh, no, you have to leave. I said, look, if you have a complaint, go to the office. Now, I'm telling you, you're not allowed to come here. After the third time, I said, I said look, this kid, that was a kid in front of my truck, this kid's great-grandfather <laughs> owes me $5. Yeah. This is how long I've been coming here, so don't tell me if I'm allowed <laughs> to be here or not, Okay. <laughs> oh my god and it's a true story the guy uh bought something from me for five bucks and never paid me back his son uh was like 10 years old when i went there mm -hmm. now his son has four grandkids wow okay so that kid's great grandkid wow owes me five dollars well, I told the guy, but don't tell me that's that I'm incredible. Allowed to be here or not? Yeah. That Actually, I took their picture when they were a kid. Now I'm taking. I took a picture of them uh, last time uh, with their kids. Yeah. You know, put them next to each other. Three generation of uh, my customers is. It's, it's incredible. Really it's an incredible story. I mean, I, I don't know. I think I told you, but, you know, after I did the my true TV episode uh, with the ice cream truck joke, I got off stage and I was in, we were filming in Los Angeles. They flew me out, put me in a hotel and we taped my episode. I was performing the joke on stage and they hired actors to act it out. But when I got off the stage to perform, the producers of the show from tr the, the, the executives from true TV were watching and they were like, Martin, that was amazing. Thank you so much. We love your story. The f it's a family story. It's a, it's an original story, and you know. And I was like, thank you so much. And um, I was like, yeah, I'd love to meet with you guys in New York. And then we had a meeting in New York, and they wanted they wanted they were like, we want to see a script for this story. This this you know the story about your dad. It's 
it's we've you know it's original and i was like yeah man i'm trying to get like master bonnie to play my dad i was like working on the script it's something that i think uh it definitely should be something like a TV show <laughs> yeah. or a movie. But there's even more to this story. Uh, this is something I just started talking about on stage. I, uh, you know, when I got into high school, I started selling weed. And this is a story that people who know me, they, they know I say the joke a lot on stage for the past couple of years. But this past week, I started it's not necessarily like a joke. I started telling the story about what I was really doing. Like, I mean, when I say really doing, I mean like how serious it is, how serious it got. Uh, I, I, I was, I did a weekend with the comedian, Andrew Schultz, maybe a couple months back and we we're talking after the show and I was telling him what I'm trying to do. And I shared him my story about, he was like, when we were talking about dealing weed, I said to how extreme it got. And when he's like, whoa, when I'm listening to your jokes, I never knew it got to that point. And he's like, you should talk about, you know, maybe do like a show, like not necessarily, you know, for comedy, but do like a one man show and explain that. So I started telling this story about when uh, when I was 16, I uh, I bought I bought 10 pounds of weed for thirty thousand dollars, fifteen thousand dollars of it was paid for with my money and then $15,000 was lent to me. They, they lent it. And so I, I left the, the weed, the 10 pounds in my trunk because I didn't want uh, my mom to find it in my, my room. And, uh, the next day I'm going to school, I wake up and my car window is broken and my trunk is open, all 10 pounds gone. And the first thing I'm thinking is, uh, shit, I owe this guy's $15,000. And uh, I remember I waited a couple of days to figure something out. And these guys were calling me, you know, basically saying, if I don't come up the money, they're going to do something to me. And uh, I didn't have any options. So I remember I came and I saw you. I think uh, I was living with mom and you had your house. So I came to you and I spoke to you. Do you remember? Do you remember mm -hmm. this day? Yeah. And uh, it was a it was a. Something that I'll never forget, but it was, uh, you were very calm about it. You said, give me their number and you're going to meet with them. <laughs> and I was like, no, dad, I don't think that's a good idea. He said, no, you're done. I'm going to go meet with them. And, uh, you met with them and you took care of it. And, uh, yeah, I remember the guy always called me sir. Yeah. You know, a very respectful and, you know, he said, well, this is my offer to you. I pay you this much money and you leave them alone or I send them out of country. Yeah. And I come after you. So, uh, you know, and that was. What yeah, did, and so, what did they say to that? Well, they agreed to get the money and, uh, you know, it was one third of the money. Yeah. Was, the yeah. reason why. Uh, I bring up this story is because it's it, it for me as a performer, like one thing I've noticed is uh, the more I share my stories with people, because, you know, I perform for strangers every night. People don't know who I am. But after I started, it took me three years to talk about the ice cream truck, my dad fighting with other ice cream men, because it, it was something that I didn't want to I didn't. It's my real life. It's not something like a joke. I, I wanted to make sure that if, you know, if they don't laugh at it, then it hurts my feelings. Like, this is my real life. I'm not making this up, <laughs> you know. But once I started getting confidence and telling the story, people would recognize me. Like, Yo, you the guy with the ice cream truck family. And they, they and they, they would like they would be close. They would connect with me more because they're yeah. like, yo, this guy is a real because when I tell it, they can tell people can tell when you're being honest or you're yeah. telling the truth. So after a couple of years. That was something that that resonated. I was like, "Wow, I ha I'm starting to have enough people are remembering me, and they're they're feeling me more." Two years later, I get on TV. That was my first opportunity to go on TV because of that joke. That joke was people on a high level were like, "We like that." Now, I'm like, I gotta be honest about what I was because that that story about me owing these guys fifteen thousand. That was like a I was 16 years old. I was a kid. I messed up and I had to come to my dad who, you know, who's a, who drives an ice cream truck. That's a lot of money, you know, 
And so I had to share that story because people don't know to what extent. And uh, it's a story that I'm going to start telling, but it's something that I don't think a lot of comedians have experienced. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I wanted to just share that story. And, uh, you know, as a father who has to do this for a living, you know, having a kid that goes through that, you know, I'm sure that that was probably like how is shitty. What does that feel? Is that shitty? Is that like pissed off or everyone no, makes mistakes? You know, uh, something that you expect, it happens. You don't want it to happen. Yeah. But when it happens, it's like this, that uh, you shouldn't let something happen. Mm-hmm. Accident, for instance. I always tell you guys, make sure you don't have accident. Yeah. Okay, your insurance goes up. But when it happens, yeah, it already happened. So yeah. you have to see what you do now okay Mm -hmm. Uh, I never wanted you guys to get yourself involved with something like this uh, because I never got myself involved with anything like this yeah but when it happens so okay Uh, even if I kill him would not right you know do anything for me so what should we do now so I'm glad that everything is behind us and everybody's, yeah. you know, uh, whole family are in a good situation. And I'm proud of my kids that yeah. uh, they, they made mistake, but they learn from their mistake and sure, they yeah. come back and uh, start living a life that they wanted to live. Yeah. So uh, it, in the end, it worked out and um, the. Uh, you know, is there is there something that uh, you want to, you know, what have you learned after all these years? If you want to give it, you know, because you you have a you have a son who's a comedian. You got a son who works at a bank. You got another you, your daughter who was following the ice cream. man. she's got a great job in D.C. She just <laughs> bought her first house. You know, after all these things have happened, like what what, what what's your what lessons have you learned? Well, that if I go back, I would never have kids. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, but uh, no, is life is still goes on. Yeah. You know, uh, every day, lots of people die, lots of people born. Mm-hmm. Uh, life goes on, so you gotta live your life the way that you want, or at least try to live the way that you want it. So. Uh, I'm still traveling. I'm still, you know, uh, hanging out with your wife. Plan for yeah. my future, you know. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not dead yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, I thanks, Dad, for letting me uh, interview you and uh, talk to you about these things. I know you don't do these interviews a lot. You don't really share these <laughs> stories with everybody. But this no, was a this was a story I wanted to share because, uh, like I said, it's very unique. It's original, not just because you're my dad, but because you are the most unique person I know. You're the only ice cream man I know that wears a Rolex and Versace. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you are in the truck selling sandwich ice cream sandwiches with a Rolex and you know ten thousand dollar watch and some Prada. Uh, if you remember, I always told you guys, uh, doesn't matter what you do, mm-hmm. okay. Uh, be number one in it. Yeah. So I remember that. Yeah. I had to be a role model. If I drive an ice cream truck, I have to be number one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't want to be a loser. I don't want to lose to anybody. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, that's how it is. Uh, you do something, do it right. Lots of people drive an ice cream truck longer than me. Mm-hmm. But they're not nearly as good as I am on my job. That's right. So I brought like 50 people in this job, mm-hmm. you know, and gave them a chance to become something. One of them, your brother's friend, came out of jail after eight years. Yeah. And I gave him a job with yeah. cash money. Yeah. I trusted him. Now he has his own truck and his has two kids is working instead of 
going and robbing somebody yeah. and doing illegal things. Yeah. He's working and taking care of his family. Shout out to Tony Chow. <laughs> yeah, man. Our family. <laughs> We've known him for years. You know? Yeah. So, uh, but you got to look at, you know, it. do you believe it, it? these things that you do? It's good karma. It comes back. Yeah. Or you just do it just because it's, it's he the always right, it's calls the, me Mr. Amini, you know, as yeah. he respects me. Yeah. And I respect him for what he achieved. He spent how, six, yeah. eight years in jail, this guy. Yeah. And you know, uh, my older brother's best friend from childhood. You know, nobody with the right mind would have hired him yeah. and give him the cash money because yeah. there's no way knowing how much they would sell that could. You know, it yeah. was a steal, but he didn't, and uh, he worked good, and I was really proud of him. Yeah. So, you know, uh, lots of people like that so came, and they're doing okay. If you find what you love to do, be the best and be an overachiever. Yeah. Whatever <laughs> you do, be the best in it, yeah. or don't do it at all. Well, this was a this was a great episode. <laughs> you feel good? Yeah, thank you, son. All right. Talk to you later, dad. All right. Bye. Bye.